All right. I'm very excited today to be here with Tyson Stockton. Tyson, how are you doing? Doing good, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here with me. So Tyson is currently uh, the Vice President of Client Services and Account Management for Search Metrics. And we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get all into what that means uh, and what Search Metrics does. Tyson here in a, in a few minutes. Um, but Tyson is a 2011 uh, graduate of our master's program. So he got his um, he got his bachelor's degree from um, from another CSU, right? Uh, Sacramento State. Is that uh, am I am I correct on that one? That's correct. Yeah, I added I added this on as a minor while I was doing my marketing um, undergrad in Sacramento. And then decided to to pursue it further with uh, with you guys there in uh, Cal Poly. That's uh, that's what I thought I remembered. Right on. So so we're gonna get all into that uh, the the marketing and 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 how you the the, the arc of your career. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you. I, I said to you earlier. I feel like you're gonna. I feel like this is going to be one of the more educational uh, podcasts that we have in in, in talking about. SEM and SEO and, and what you do, um, but let but let's back up a bit. Um, tell me where you where are you from originally? Are you from the Sacramento area? Do I is that what I remember correctly or not? Um, actually, I grew up in Santa Rosa, so up in Sonoma County, um, north of the city, and so I grew up there through yeah from being born up until moving to Sacramento for the undergrad program. Okay. What was it like growing up? What did your What did your parents do there in Santa Rosa? Um, I I really enjoyed growing up in Santa Rosa. I mean, you had pretty good access to nature. My parents were, you know, definitely exposed us to camping all across the state, and that was kind of like our our go to family vacation growing up. Um, so certainly plenty of places to choose from, whether it's you know going out to Bodega there. Um, fair amount of hiking trails around the area, uh, doing the kind of the summer trips up to Bernie Falls, a little bit further north. Um, so yeah, I was really a fan of it. And I think that was probably like some of the pieces that planted kind of the seed in the, the outdoor kind of interest in that area. Right. Absolutely. And now you ended up, um, you ended up studying under um, Dr. Rue, uh, Jerusha Greenwood, in, in, um, in tourism for, for your master's. Um, were, did you guys travel a lot? Were your parents, um, in addition to the camping and whatnot, did you guys go on a European vacation or anything <laughs> like that or, or what? Um, as, as a younger kid, no, like most of our, most of our travels and stuff were pretty low budget. So it was, uh, camping trips. Uh, we did one like really cool one when I was a pretty young age that we went on a, a car camping trip from California out to Wisconsin and back and basically what? took the, the full summer. And it was, it was two moms and my sister and I with, with our mom and then our other family friend and her four kids. So it was six kids and two moms going across country for, for three months. Um, nice. Like a big old station wagon is what I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was kind of like one of those, uh, one of those old Astro bands. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's like the, so, the, the next, that was the next step. That was the transition from the station wagon to the, <laughs> to the minivan right on. Yeah. So that was, that was some good memories there, but, um, I actually didn't, I don't even think I got on an airplane for the first time until like high school or something. 
Right. So up until high school, kind of like the tail end of high school, like I hadn't left the country or anything, but was always really interested in airplanes as like a little kid. And yeah, once I think like the first, the first trip that I really went on was right before my senior year of high school. Um, I got asked to be part of like the people to people student ambassador program. And it was a three week trip to Australia and New Zealand that also you got some college credits for. And so that was actually the first trip that I think really planted planted the seed or gave me the travel bug, um, was doing that trip. And it was first international trip, first trip on my own without my parents or any friends that I knew. Um, so I think that was an excellent opportunity to just kind of get exposed to what else is out there and also kind of like breaking down some of those fears or concerns of getting into the unknown there. Right, right. I'm sure. Um, so I, I, I may have missed it. Did you say what, what did your parents do when you were growing up? Yeah, so my mom, she kind of jumped around a few different occupations. It was like very much kind of centered around like us kids. So like when we were really little, she was doing, you know, started her own daycare. So then she could spend the time with us and also, you know, make a little income. Uh, she was also a florist, worked at a chocolate shop. She was at a travel agency for a little bit in high school. So that kind of helped with it. Um, You know, so she was kind of just whatever that fit in with it. Um, My dad, on the other hand, was a um, building code inspector. We started like working for the state and he was doing kind of like earthquake inspections on hospitals, making sure that, you know, they're up to, to code being, you know, in the event of a you know, a disaster or crisis, you can't really evacuate people from the hospital. So you have to really make sure that those buildings are more up to higher standards than other ones. Right. So he was doing that for the, for the state for a while and then kind of branched out on his own when I was in high school to be a, an independent consultant where he was, you know, for hospitals or different, um, you know, large building projects, kind of giving them advice. So, their plans going into the build were up to code. So then when it came time to have that inspection, it was already, you know, they're already good and they don't have to backtrack. Right. Of course. What about siblings? Did you have any siblings growing up? Yeah, I have have an older sister who's actually currently living in Stockholm. Um, She's 18 months older and she was definitely one that I think, really solidified also like the travel interest where when I went to Sacramento um, and in high school, she always had kind of a little bit better grades than me and was a little more diligent at those days. But um, so she had, she had more options as far as like schools to go to things like that, but she decided to go to the St. Rosa junior college and you can actually do like study abroad and things like that in Sonoma County. They have like student loans available for people that grew up there. Right. So she was able to take advantage of those student loans and then actually spend the first year of college between doing a semester in London and then also a semester in Florence and then stayed and worked over the summer in Barcelona. Um, She also, you know, from going there to uh, Santa Cruz University, also spent some time in Argentina, Ecuador. Um, and I was able to kind of visit her at some of those places so that I was gonna kind say, of, that's gotta be awesome to have a jet setting sister like that helped you out. Have you gotten to see her in yeah. Sweden? 
Yeah, I did. Um, I've gone over there a few times. When she actually first moved over, um, I was living in Germany. Um, so I was able to kind of, you know, hop up from Germany to right. Sweden and see her. And then also with my, my current employer, our headquarters is in Berlin. So I'll travel over to Berlin a, a few times a year for work. And then, you know, we'll go up there for a weekend or something like that. Oh, awesome. So one of my favorite, one of my favorite, um, um, musicians is uh, the the first aid kit, um, Swedish sisters. Um, so can your sister get me a meet and greet with them? Do you think? Um, I mean, everybody in Sweden knows each other, right? Um, I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like I would, I would say, she's in the wine industry. So if you want to get some like wine or something, or if you're over there, you need like a couple know. wine shops to go to. Like that's probably more likely. Right, right, right. No, I'm totally kidding with you, of course. But um, oh man, I really. It's uh, Stockholm is on my um, top five uh, list of places to visit. So, uh, so uh, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, so, when you were growing up, like every kid has that dream job. Did you did you have a dream job that you can remember? Um. Yeah, and actually, I have kind of two, <laughs> which probably still have some like, you know, underlining kind of consistencies throughout my career, but. Right. The first one, as a as a really little kid, I remember being into airplanes, and I hadn't been on one, but we'd go to the, like the different air shows, the one in Santa Rosa, Fleet Week in San Francisco, and so I was already always really big on that as a little kid. So the first like career I can remember wanting to pursue was to be a pilot, mm. and so that's like obviously enjoying traveling kind of has a connection there. Um, I've done one pilot class too so that's still a, a loose dream um, right. in some capacity i love and it and the the other one which came a little bit later and it's not really like a dream job but i think it was you know during that time in high school or kind of going to college like what do we want to do that kind of thing and, and i mean this it kind of sounds weird now as i was like okay well i don't really know what I, what i want exactly but i don't want a traditional nine to five job and I liked the idea of kind of, you know, doing something on my own and maybe it was seeing a little bit of what my father was doing. But so in, in kind of high school, I was more on the set of like, I wanted to, to start my own kind of company where I could depict when and where and things like that of working. Right. And that was actually what led me to doing the marketing degree. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, I had an interest in some of the marketing elements, some of like the consumer behavior stuff of why people will make certain decisions and elements like that. But I wasn't really as interested in like the finance accounting, like those general kind of business classes. Gotcha. Um, and I think all of those kind of pieces of like being like, okay, I know that this understanding and learning these business pieces are important and would help me in that. It was still kind of like looking for something that was going to grab me a little bit more. Right, 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 right. So, so to make it relevant, um, to make it relevant, we're gonna we're gonna jump over a little bit with the uh, your your mm-hmm. undergrad with uh, Sacramento. Nothing against CSU, uh, nothing against Sac State. Um, I, I love Sac State. You know, um, uh, you know. I think I've. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, one of your most famous alumni, Reese Hoskins, who plays for the Phillies. Um, his uh his wife is what was one of my graduate assistants um so uh yeah so you guys you probably were in school around the same time actually no 
maybe he was a little bit. No, he was a little bit after you. But anyway, um, so so how did you hear about Cal Poly? How did you hear about the master's program at Cal Poly? And, and what what led you to that, um, to accepting a, a, um, a spot in our graduate program? Yeah, and actually, I mean, one piece of that actually was connected to um, Sac State. And it was, you know, I took a, an elective class, which was a travel and tourism study. And it was with a, a professor, uh, Greg Shaw, and he was the one that was teaching that kind of area. And love, he love introduced Greg us. He's the greatest. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to him because. Yeah, you know, was, I'm not sure we ever talked about that, Tyson. You probably talked about that with Dr. Rue. Um, but I, oh man, I love Greg Shaw. What a great guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he won. It's like he just exposed, exposed me to like this whole other like study of travel and tourism and combining the economic and the cultural and like all the like the environmental aspects to it and it was kind of a, a bit of an eye-opener where i was learning about all these like business practices and was selling tangible goods and that was like you know felt pretty linear and then when i was introduced to this kind of like experience related and the tourism and the travel side and it's not just like visiting the locations but what impact you have in that you know, host community. And Greg Shaw was really the one that kind of like planted that seed. And then I was talking with him about kind of next steps, you know, and during the time too, when I graduated Sac State, it was like during the recession. So job opportunities weren't that great. Like I had some, but nothing that was like overly motivating. Right. And so it was like, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have to be working anyways, and I'm not that into it, why don't I just pursue a graduate degree because you know, right. ultimately that was more interest and it was to this understanding of like this more complex industry and like so the complexity of the the travel industry and how you have the impacts on the tourists the impacts on the locals and that like just dynamic really kind of grabbed me and he made some different recommendations of schools and programs so i remember i applied to to UC Davis, because one of their professors actually wrote the initial book that I was kind of exposed to. Uh -huh. um, so I applied there, San Jose, uh, San Francisco, and Cal Poly. And then I went around and I kind of met the different professors after I applied. Um, and I came down to Cal Poly and I met with um, Dr. Rue and I had a good feeling. I you know, was really interested in the area. I felt like that was going to be a place that I would be you know, pretty happy. And I felt like I needed to change from Sacramento and Sacramento is great because you're right by Tahoe. So I'd go up there a lot, but then I was kind of feeling the itch to be closer to the coast. Right. Um, so I think it was like one, just a positive feeling of like the faculty at Poly. Like when I went down and visited, everyone was really like warm and open to talking with me. Um, hearing too about Dr. Rue's kind of interest in studies, I felt like was a direct fit as well. Right. You know, Greg was also giving me kind of good feedback on the school. So it just, it was one of those that just out of the options, it, it felt like it fit the best. And I thought it was going to be kind of the, the best move for myself to, to pursue. Right on, right on. Well, we're, we're very happy you came down to San Luis Obispo and, and made that connection. Now, um, I, I, when you were here and, and when you were here and, and getting your master's, you kept work or, or you were working too at the same time. Right. And, um, and I, I know you worked for, for Inline and Ice Warehouse and then later Sports Warehouse. Um, 
Tell us about how I, I assume that your background in marketing helped you land that job, but um, I assume you also maybe had a connection or something along those lines. Tell us about that position, what it was like working while you were um, while you're getting a graduate degree. I know a lot of people do that. Um, and, um, and yeah, just tell us about that experience. A lot of people, I would assume a lot, even of our listeners don't realize that San Luis Obispo is like the warehouse capital of the world. (laughs) You know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, uh, so, uh, so tell us about that experience. Yeah. And so when, when I started out the program, I was actually, doing some like wine pouring at store cellars. I worked a little bit at embassy suites there in town was also doing some work for, for the department as like a graduate research assistant. Um, and I wasn't really too happy with the, the hotel kind of gig, the, the winery was, it was fun, but it was just, you know, a few hours kind of a week. And I came across this posting for this position at inline a nice warehouse. And it was actually a, a warehouse job. But I grew up playing hockey. It'd been a while since I'd, you know, played. And so I was just kind of thinking, you know, why don't I take take this job that pay-wise was the same? It seemed like it would be a little less stressful and a little more kind of like in my interest with hockey and stuff. So I thought that that was going to be a better kind of mix um, for while I was doing my studies as well. So I started out in the warehouse and was picking and packing they kind of quickly moved me over to being on the phones. Then I started writing like the web descriptions for all the products, which got into doing more product reviews, doing a lot of like YouTube videos for them. Um, Also started kind of doing like interviews with some of the manufacturers and the people that designed the skates or sticks and kind of getting into that. And as that just kind of continued to evolve, I took on, you know, more and more responsibility within Inline Ice Warehouse as far as, you know, their marketing goes. And I, you know, was like, hey, we could do this. We, you know, we're not doing this. And so I think I kind of just slowly started taking on more responsibilities for the marketing side. And as I was doing that, kind of got exposed to this SEO, SEM kind of AdWords things because they weren't really you know, they hadn't done too much and the the companies as a whole weren't using AdWords and Inline Nice Warehouse were one of the early companies out of that collection that wanted to explore that area. So I kind of just started teaching myself how to do it by looking at, you know, YouTube videos, trying to read as much content as I could online. Right. Um, and that kind of started to carve out a new job. Yeah. So this is a good, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think this is a good, um, educational point tell us tell us what seo and sem means yeah so it's i mean it's it's been an emerging kind of like marketing channel and seo is search engine optimization so it's basically increasing your organic performance in google and other search engines for the the free click kind of area so this would be not the paid ads at the top or kind of at the bottom of the page but this is the bulk of that search results page Um, so SEO is more of like the organic of just making sure that the websites, um, constructed in a way that a search engine can understand the contents Mm -hmm. and surface it for those search terms or those queries that, you know, the user that would match. Yeah. SEM is, is similar in the sense that it's using the same channel or the same medium, but it's a paid component. 
and you have some pieces that overlap, but there's actually two separate algorithms and systems that run those. Mm-hmm. And on the paid side, you're kind of inputting the type of terms that you want to show up for what you're willing to spend. And then you also kind of get a quality score of how relevant that is to the term. So if someone's doing a search on running shoes, are you sending them to a page that's running shoes? Cause you have this intent that has to play into, you know, what a search engine is trying to serve to their users. Right. Okay. I love it. And I, I want to insert another thing here um, that I, that I love too, Tyson. And I, um, I thought I had remembered that you just started out in the warehouse. I was like, I, I kind of planted that with you. Like, I'm, I assume you got this position with your marketing background, but I thought I had remembered that you just started off in the warehouse. And I think it's a great example for students because I hear, I hear students, I've heard, or I've heard students over the years, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just working for Dick's Sporting Goods. I mean, I, I don't really know what else I can do here. And I'm like, well, have you told your manager your sport management? concentration have you told them that you're interested in marketing have you asked them if you can get more involved it's it's that initiative and so i love hearing you say hey i just started off in the warehouse and like rather than being just one of the dudes you know smoking weed on break and <laughs> just loading boxes um you know you took some initiative and you and you started doing things for them and and showing that that you had more um had more to give than just loading boxes. And so I love that. That's a, that's great. And I, you know, the funny thing is I don't think you're, I don't think you're the only one of our um, majors who started, uh, started off in that realm. I think there are a couple of others that were with inline or, or with um, tennis warehouse or running warehouse that have kind of stepped up and moved on. And so uh, what a, what a great example. So um so after a few years with Sports Warehouse, um, did your what I, what I what I can see from your arc is that you just continued along those lines, right? To where they eventually kept moving you up, and you got a management position, and were able to to go to Germany. Tell us about mm-hmm. that experience and and how that um, how that came to be. Yeah, and I think like one of the interesting kind of parallels that I found in kind of like the search industry that it seems like a stretch, but actually I feel like there are some similarities with like the interest in travel and tourism and stuff is again, it was like the complexity of that, that kind of uh, segment that, that was interesting. And I think you have a lot of those characteristics within search. Another thing that I was starting to kind of, I don't know, I guess I learned about myself a little bit more is I wanted to have that, continuous learning and that continuous challenge and the search industry is extremely fast-paced so you're having to constantly keep learning new tactics new trends things like that and you know things that i did back at sports warehouse could be very different of like you know what i'd recommend to do today and so i think that complexity or that pace of having to constantly learn and evolve was something that that caught my interest and i also i liked that the search industry and comparison to some more like traditional marketing channels is like traditional marketing you're almost having to like convince someone that they have a need or that they want something that maybe they didn't want it before and you're having to like convince them or push them into it and it's more of this like push mechanism which i understood i i kind of had some interest in it but it didn't sit as well so to speak right and i think the the reverse is 
shown in the search industry where your consumers already have an interest, a problem, a need, and you're just surfacing the answer to that existing need. And so that aspect I also found kind of interesting. And so as new opportunities opened up in the larger sports warehouse, it was, you know, one, a reason, an excuse to stay in San Luis Obispo for longer. Right. Like, okay, I'm still, I'm learning something new. And then I'd been in, in San Luis for probably about five years. It was kind of like reaching out, like, okay, what's my next move? What's my next step going to be? And this opportunity opened up to take on the marketing manager position for Sports Warehouse Europe. And at the time, they just had Tennis Warehouse Europe. And they were looking to expand running warehouse into the European market as well. Um, so I was able to, to take that opportunity. I moved to, to Germany for almost a year and a half, helped them launch running warehouse. And while I was there, I was managing their marketing coordinators, their translation team, and also kind of like the team sales, um, more specifically for tennis. Um, and yeah, it was, it was one of those things that just, I kind of, I guess, missed the opportunity to do the study abroad while I was in school, but I always had that interest. Um, and yeah, I took advantage of it and we were in a, a small town there in Germany, but it was really centrally located, like right along the French border. So, you know, within a couple hours, you could go somewhere else. And, you know, it seemed like almost every weekend I was trying to, to go on some other trip, whether into, you know, Austria, Switzerland, France, you know, wherever, and just tried to see as much of Europe as I could while I was there. Right. Well, I love it. I, I love it. It's awesome. And, um, you, you know, I think this is another opportunity to insert that, that, um, that element that we talk about that, that transferability of skills, right. And that, you know, we're experience industry management. We are ultimately a management degree, right. And, um, and, uh, I know you had expressed what we talked about. You're like, well, I'm not really in the experience industry. And, uh, and I, I, I told you, you know, that um, one of the unintended consequences that we've seen with our shift to experience industry management, we were just doing it to create a, an umbrella, you know, um, to, 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 in, in, to bring in special events and sport management students to feel more apart because recreation, parks, and tourism was leaving them out, right? But, but what I explained to you that has been an unintended consequence is that every single company is doing marketing, right? And the connection for us is that experiential marketing piece. And because of that experiential marketing piece being integrated with digital marketing and with um, the traditional forms of marketing, um, that brings in so many other people under the umbrella. And so what we're seeing is our students um, gravitating towards these marketing positions and, um, and uh, I, I just love your story, Tyson. I mean, uh, uh, you know, basically educating yourself on this, on this, um, in, in this realm of SEM and SEO, and, and ultimately um, parlaying it into, um, you know, doing it on a worldwide basis for Sports Warehouse, and then, um, and and now with Search Metrics. So let's um, let's move to that search metrics. You've been with them for what uh, I guess it's been um, almost uh, five years now, or a little longer. And um, so let's talk about what's what's your day to day. Obviously, we're, we're 
in the middle of a pandemic and so your day-to-day might be a little bit different but um what's your what's your normal day-to-day like yeah and so in my current role basically i'm i'm leading and kind of managing the service side of like the u.s business and within kind of the the services org structure we have client success which is working with you know clients that are using our product as like a a data and technology platform. And so client success will help them on, you know, how to use the product, how to get value out of it, and more of that like adoption and enablement. And then we also have um, an SEO consulting and content consulting branch. So that's where we're more of like us doing on behalf for the client. Um, And that's typically in cases that clients have either a lack of bandwidth or a lack of kind of, expertise or knowledge for a given project or task. Um, and then also I work with our account management front on just kind of the the, the more commercial side of the engagements. Um, and then we've also been doing kind of some, some custom uh, data reports, um, which has been pretty interesting, kind of looking at different um, sectors and industries. And we did a study not too long ago on kind of like the sporting goods market where we took this aggregate of you know over a million search terms around the different types of sporting categories so then we could say like hey these are the the sporting segments that are growing in apparel or footwear and we could actually see like different shifts and trends that then brands can use like different sporting goods manufacturers could use to making business decisions of what you know they do from how they merchandise their products, what type of kind of subcategories they want to pursue. Like, you know, one of the things that was kind of uncovered in it is that skiing in the U.S. has had a much faster growth rate the last couple of years than snowboarding industry. So a company that we were working with was had actually just sold their skiing brand, but had a snowboard brand. And so that was more of like, hey, that could have been a missed opportunity in the sense that you sold a faster growing segment versus one that's been a little, not necessarily like uh, dormant, but something that hasn't grown at the same rate that we've seen skiing kind of grow or the interest in skiing grow over the last couple of years in the U.S. Wow, that's fascinating. I love that. Um, really, really cool. So, so let's um, let's go uh, towards um, challenges. Um, Obviously, like I said, and and being in the middle of the pandemic, there, there's challenges there. But um, in in a normal in, in a normal day to day, and thinking about the business that you're in, um, are there are there challenges that you see for the future? Um, and as a two part question, um, what advice would you give for students who are interested in in digital marketing, interested in um, enhancing their skills along those lines? Yeah, um, let's see, a a few different kind of segments to take in there. I think the first one, um, just on that last piece of like, you know, students that may be interested in digital marketing, I I couldn't advocate strong enough to have, have a focus on the search element because it's such a significant portion of the health of these online businesses. And we've seen basically monitoring a website's kind of like overall performance in search. And there's a lot of parallels to like things like stock price evaluation and just overall health. So I think 
one, businesses that are going to succeed moving forward have to have that as a foundation. And being that if you look at like where revenue is being captured across all digital or all online, this is in most cases a one of the largest, if not the largest contributor to like a business impact. So I think just from the standpoint of if you're interested in marketing, it has to be kind of a staple that I think is worth having some awareness or some understanding to. Um, and I think like that's that's just something like more generally speaking, I think as far as like some of the challenges or ways that, you know, I'm anticipating there's going to be some shifts to, to the industry. You know, it's it's still kind of early and hard to tell, like, I mean, obviously you have this kind of, you know, digital teams and how do you coordinate with, you know, I mean, you guys are doing the same thing with like, you know, what do you do with classes and things like that? So I think that's something that's becoming more and more prominent is just businesses being able to operate, you know, remote and online. For us, we have remote employees, so it's been relatively seamless, but that's something that I would just anticipate continuing growing. But I think that's something that's probably more timely and we're actually already starting to see this and this is you know at the beginning kind of of april here is some companies are having to reserve some of their their spending and they're having to decrease some of their marketing channels so if you just compare for simplicity's sake you know organic versus sem or kind of like paid search more companies are cutting back on the paid search so there's this emerging kind of anticipation that organic is going to play even a more significant role in the business's like um, future kind of uh, opportunities moving forward. So I think that's something else that we're seeing shifts in. I would say it's, it's very fluid and we're, we're seeing differences across various industries. So, you know, kind of like more closer to the experience side, you know, obviously airlines, hotels, destinations are having, you know, some significant challenges. We're seeing, you know, some companies take that as an opportunity of strengthening some of like their content assets. So it's like, hey, we know we're not going to get these transactional bookings and things like that, but maybe we can take this time to develop strong, rich content that's going to be adding like value to our users and our customers. And so I think that's something that we're going to see more and more is companies that are able to weather this storm And these companies that are going to be kind of focused on how do we set ourselves up to capture more traffic organically or for free through search that can help kind of propel our business and also help us get through, you know, tougher times where paid spend is is not as as possible. Right. Well, um, wow, that's a really uh, I I really appreciate that reflection. And I I think that. um, Obviously, we're in um, unprecedented waters, and and there's a lot, a lot that lies ahead. And, and whether this is you know three months or six months from now, we're we're still going to have these these uncertainties that that are going to be um, on the horizon. So um, uh, that reflection, I, I think, is 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 incredibly valuable, and in, and in, in thinking about the future, and appreciate you um, appreciate you doing that for us. Um, the final thing I would say is, um, is just that add on of, of what advice would you have for, um, for students who, who are in our major, um, 
And, uh, you know, maybe they've got that experiential marketing piece really down. They've got that experience design and design thinking, but they want to enhance their digital marketing um, skills. Um, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, I think like one of the huge value adds that I see within the experience management is how, um, how dynamic it can be and adaptable. So it's like any industry, you have little nuances to it. But I think one thing about like the experience management is it leans into some of those nuances and differences more than I would say like traditional business classes do, mm-hmm. where at least what I was exposed to in more traditional business was like selling a tangible products, production lines, things like that, where a lot of industries and industries that I think are going to be growing more like around online education or online conferencing things, you have some of those nuances. So I think from a foundation level, experience management gives that kind of flexibility, which I've seen kind of in real world business, like way more than I anticipated. So I think having that familiarity of identifying nuances, adjusting like tactics or strategies because of those nuances is something that I wouldn't say is is underrated within the experience management. I think the other side is also thinking about kind of like how businesses are going to succeed moving forward and how, like where the opportunities are. I think you're going to see online, you know, not that it's anything small today, but if anything from this, we're seeing it push more in the forefront. And it's, I expect more and more businesses to become a little more savvy to like their online practices and then how that feeds into, you know, any aspect of experience management. So, I mean, if you're, whether you're in travel and tourism, you know, the kind of the sporting side, like obviously sports right now, okay, we're on hold completely, but how do we get people back into the stadiums? How do we get people back into that? And I think online is just going to be a more and more important kind of piece to driving those businesses. So understanding online performance, understanding what goes into like fueling a business online, I would say is ultimately just going to help every aspect within kind of experience management uh, moving forward. Love it. Wow. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tyson, for taking the time. I know you're um, incredibly busy with it, with everything going on and um Appreciate you taking a few moments for us today. Um, Thanks so much. It was great catching up with you and um, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting too to kind of see see how you guys keep raising the bar um, in the department there. Well, thanks so much. Thanks so much. All right, everybody out there, stay, uh, stay safe and healthy. Thanks, Tyson.